Hey, everyone. Welcome to uh, podcast number 14 of Forgiven. We are happy to be here. And actually, we're doing something a little bit different. We are able to get a little bit more equipment yes. that helps us to record things. And so you can actually see us. See us. You, can, you can see these good-looking people sitting here. And we are glad that you are, are joining us. If you are new to um, Forgiven, uh, we are a podcast where we're trying to do everything we can to move you along in the faith. And, and I find that... The way we learn now is a little bit different than it was a number of years ago. The thought was, well, we can kind of gather together on Sunday morning, and someone kind of speaks, and we gather truth, and and that truth kind of carries us. Like we were talking about this week, yeah, we were. this week, we we're talking about how you know it used to be we used to be able to speak and give a sermon or or something along those lines, and and you know if, if I was really boring or something, then you know people lost out. Fortunately, that's not the case. Well, I shouldn't say that. Well, again, we're going to end up getting notes saying, well, I know many, Pastor Mike, when you haven't really done that well. I will say, you're, you you do keep the audience's attention really well, both good. on the podcast and in sermons. You're pretty good at injecting humor in there. Excellent. I'll second that motion. Okay, there we go. And your bonus will be in the mail. I'll just say that <laughs> right now. But the idea was this. The idea was that a lot of times you would come and you hear a sermon on a Sunday morning, which was a great thing, and God convicts you and moves and you, you want it over. What I'm finding as as we develop and younger people develop, it's just a different way of being able to take the Word of God and truth and apply it to our lives. And, and not only do we do it in the form of a sermon still, I think a lot of people learn a lot just through authentic conversation, and that's what we want to do. Now, again, if you're just listening for the first time, here is what we're about. Uh, we want to move you along. So you might be here listening and you may not know Jesus at all or you're just kind of thinking about faith. You're on the front doorstep of faith. And really it is a journey. And there's that time where you say, I'm going to give Jesus everything. And if you have done that, then praise the Lord. And, and if you haven't, we hope that you do. But there's no pressure whether you do or you don't. We're going to love you no matter what, whatever place you are. Sure. What we want to do is we want to take you along incrementally. Uh, the object of, of our podcast is not to... Uh, take you from a 20 to a 100. We're not going to go 80 steps in this podcast, but hopefully we go one step. So we begin to talk about uh, important issues to our faith and important issues to you, whether you are a Christian or not. And so that's what we wanted to do. So today we wanted to talk about... We're, gonna, we're asking the question, does God really forgive everyone? Yeah, and we know that. We know that to be true. Yeah. And yet at the same time, people struggle with that. A lot of people struggle with the aspect of forgiveness. I've known people who have been Christians for years and have never really gotten themselves to a level where they felt that God has absolutely forgiven them. Yep. They know it from a, a head level, but sometimes that, whatever, whatever, how many is that, 18 inches, 7 inches, I don't know, whatever distance it is from our head to our heart, sometimes we have difficulty having it go there. And there's lots of scriptures which talk about us as Christians, believers in Jesus, helping in that whole process. And one, one verse that actually um, really came out to me was the one in Matthew chapter, um, was it Matthew chapter 25, verse 36, where Jesus says, well, I, was a, I was a stranger and you didn't, you didn't visit me. And that one's kind of always haunted me. Yeah. You know, because, because it says something to us of the fact that part of our faith is to actually go and help people who are not as fortunate as ourselves. I know you have a number of scriptures that you kind of added into that. I thought we would just share them before we got talking with our guest today. Yeah, one of the ones that, and some of these scriptures will make more sense once we introduce our guest, but uh, 
one of the ones that really stuck out to me was Hebrews 13, verses 1 to 2, and it says, Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing some, or for by doing so, some people have shown hospitali- hospitality to angels without knowing it. Continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison and those who are mistreated as if you yourself well, were suffering. Yeah, there's, there's a lot to that verse. And I think that many people who just kind of le- realize it don't realize the culture of hospitality yeah. at that particular time. That hospitality particularly meant people that you don't know. Exactly. We think hospitality is someone that, oh, a good friend of mine. They come over, we're extending hospitality. But, but really, in a biblical sense, hospitality is ministering to those people who are absolutely new that you don't know about. That's why when it says, you know, you're, you're ministering to angels, it's like people didn't, people we didn't, didn't know. know. And it was God moving. And, and so this becomes an important part of our faith. And I believe that every single Christian, uh, as God is moving in their hearts, God leads them in that direction of, of doing everything we can to help those people who are in need. And there are people in our congregation who are particularly good at that, and one of them is Peter Canigan, right? And it's Peter Canigan with a K, not Peter Canigan with a C. Yeah, I misspelled it, we, I know. We received the wrath of <laughs> Peter when we put Peter with us. So our oh, apologies. oh, typo. That's right, that's right. We are glad to have you um, on the podcast, and... I'll just say right now that I've appreciated uh, how you have represented Christ through our congregation in prison ministry. Now, you've been in prison ministry for how long? 23 or 24 years. 23, 24 years. Well, yeah. over two decades, you have been faithfully going into prisons and ministering to people uh, through the organization, which is known as? Well, the Bethel Christian Assembly. Yeah. Now, and we work with, what is the name of the organization that we work with? Uh, there, there is a Prison Fellowship Canada uh, right. as well. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, and so and so, I believe that prison ministry is a unique ministry because you are hurt, you are working with people who are hurting or people who have been hurting their whole life, yeah. and you have um, you have people who have are dealing with issues of shame, uh, issues of forgiveness. Who, people who are seen as society as people that maybe not be the best people, and many times people who are not even given a chance, whether we're in church or not. I hate to say that. Yeah, but it's true. I, I know mm-hmm. it's true. Like mm-hmm. we we sometimes, you know, get it in our minds that well, this is person is a bad person. They will always be a bad person. But the gospel doesn't say that, you know. And so mm-hmm. so we are glad to have you on the show, and we're we're trying to maybe pick your brain a bit because if there's anybody who knows anything about this passage of scripture. And the challenge that we have as um, followers of Jesus to be able to do that. So you have anything that you, you, you kind of said over the years you have kind of learned in prison ministry that you can share with us? As far as I'm concerned, I've learned a ton. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> um, and that is because bringing, bringing the gospel, trying to share the, the gospel uh, with, the, with the leading of the Holy Spirit and with uh, all the things that I've learned through going, you know, going to church over the years and things from pastors. So there's been equipping from, from, from pastors that have helped me to be able to share effectively as well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so I'm, I'm grateful for that. And 
So, um, yeah, I'm just uh, really glad to be able to share that that good news, which is the Word of God. Yeah. Um, but to to try and explain it in uh, in in ways that uh, the uh, people will get it. So. Uh, you know, to really uh, trying to communicate that God really does love you, and He is He is willing and open to to uh, you know forgive you. And now the thing is, is that uh, things need to start with you accepting the Savior, and that's where your life is going to change. And 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 hopefully from just uh, you know different uh, conversations. Uh, and really mainly biblically, um, is that the light bulb will go on with somebody, just like ourselves. When we finally accepted the Lord, uh, it was, yeah, I, I know that I know, but I don't know, but I know that I know. Yeah. yeah. And that, was, that is the start of, uh, of, of your journey. And I know that, uh, you know, when I uh, accepted the, the Lord 30-some-odd uh, years ago, uh, my life was changed right then and there, but it is still being changed. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It, We're it, continually a work in progress. A work in progress. So. Now, if you could, if you, um, I'm trying to set things up in a little bit because many people are not aware of prison ministry at all, and I think that some mm-hmm. people are kind of scared of it because they don't yeah. know what to do. Mm-hmm. As you started prison ministry, what were some of the things that you found as you were invited into the lives of individuals that had been in prison, whether it's for a short time or a long time? Because of the way that I started, in which case I started uh, by being uh, invited by a, uh, a fellow who was doing prison ministry, but I was invited to join him in doing praise and worship. Okay. And because uh, of that uh aspect um, just felt comfortable uh, first of all and uh, it was like I was thrown right into it right away because the guy got invited me yeah the brother invited me and then basically left <laughs> it's, it's, oh you're on <laughs> That old trick. The old baptism by fire method. Yeah, absolutely. There we go. Yeah, it's oh, going to be easy, and then all of a sudden next week, you're on. <laughs> so. so just started learning from there, but I just had a willing, uh, uh, a willing heart. Yeah. Uh, just uh, yeah. right away. And uh, that, uh, I guess, was because uh, I, had a, I had a friend at uh, one time who had ended up in jail. And okay. so, you know, uh, realized that, uh, I, I, I didn't uh, like uh, the aspect that, that he was, but understood that there was reason for it. Yes. And uh, so uh, just uh, basically, I, I just had to, I, I just wanted to be willing. Uh, I didn't, you know, let's say I, I didn't know much, but I, I you know, had, had a Bible, had, uh, had some songs I could share, etc. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, pretty soon, uh, you know, you get a little bit of... Uh, format as you as you uh you know seek the lord and say okay what uh, what should be shared this time what what topic can we do yeah. and then start it out and then just go from there i think you had a key there that i know because you just got to be willing i think that's yeah. the important part because sometimes we think oh i got to have all this knowledge i need to know more than everybody else i need to have a certain level of maturity 
when it really comes down to I'm just willing to extend myself and extend the love of God to another person. We'll see mm-hmm. how that goes. Well, we see it biblically, right? The disciples, they didn't have Bible college training or all these things when they went out mm-hmm. and shared the gospel with people. They just knew that they were supposed to love people, and that's what they did because they had a willingness. Yeah, yeah. They were also being taught. Yeah. By the rabbi, they were all. Uh, they were being taught by Jesus. Yeah. As well, so they were in in. Uh, they were in a, in a, in a stage of of learning. Yep. And then all of a sudden, there's times where he sent them out. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So you're you're only in school for so long. Exactly. When God just says go out, right? Yep. True too. So so True like too. I'm interested. I'm sure that people who are listening to you are interested in the fact that okay, so what does something like this look like? If I wanted to volunteer to be part of prison ministry, what would that look like? So I come in and they clear me uh, at the level. I go through a certain level of security. And then once I have cleared security, I'm, I'm doing this right, correct? That's what the idea is? There, yes. And then once you get through this level of security, mm-hmm. uh, you are ushered to a room where a service would happen? Uh, y- y- you would be, uh, well... In the uh, in in the sense that I, I think uh, we should take it as um, what would happen. Like as an example, we as a church uh, will have the opportunity again because doors have opened to um, uh, be part of a, a Sunday service, and so there are of course volunteers or or, or uh, choir members. Etc. That will be a part of that. So each one of those individuals need to uh, get clearance, and so once once we get clear clearance, uh, we would uh, we would meet uh, each Sunday at the right time as a group and get signed in, as an example. And then we and then we uh, we go to the area where the service is going to be held, and okay. we get set up, and then um, inmates would be called to come to the service, and uh, we start our service. Okay. And so uh, another aspect would be that um, y- you would be, uh, you may be involved in a Bible study that would take part either in a, uh, a group room uh, or it can be, it can take part in a smaller room within uh, um, a section uh, of each unit, I guess. And so you you basically led small groups, in small groups and larger groups, larger groups, uh, and and individual one on one as yeah. well. That was going to be my next question. Have you ever like I don't know the rules, but can you go into a cell with somebody? Like, is that something like you can? No, pray for it, they, they have they have sp- a specific room. Okay. That uh, you and the and the inmate meet in, uh, but as an example in in our uh, in our in our jail here. Um, there are a number of sections that uh, that are called units. So they have, uh, at, you know, A, B, C, and D, and uh, G, and and E, kind of like thing. So, but in each one of them, there are there are rooms uh, that you can you you can meet in, uh, in in that in that way. Yeah. And so people want to meet with you individually, even if they don't know you. Sometimes, uh, sometimes there is uh, a request that'll go in. 
that the chaplains will get, and they want to meet a representative, a Christian representative. And so I would get their name, what unit that they're in, and then I'd, I would call them and introduce myself, and uh, we would start from there. And it would just be in the form of a visit? Nothing? It would be. Or would it would you be, be I'm sorry? Uh, it would be in the form of a visit, or would you have some type of a program that you would follow, or, or what? In that realm, uh, uh, the, it, it, it would be in the form of a visit to see what's happening. Yeah, it's okay. just a feeler. Just a feeler. See what's happening, and then we would go for there. Go from there. However, there are some uh, programs, like one of the programs that I'm uh, involved in, in is called Chirp, and 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 it is a uh, children's uh, reading program that inmates can do for their child, and it is a recording of a book that the inmate uh, does for their child, and the and the recording and the book are sent to the child. So in that respect i'm uh, I, I i get the name of the person and and it's specifically um uh, for that purpose so uh, and you know there's some neat things that happen with it just shows you the uh the uh, the love of a father even though uh he he may be incarcerated uh as an example i i, I went to uh, uh to see somebody uh last uh, last week and initially, uh, the person told the guards, "I don't want to. I don't want to see. Uh, I don't want to see. I don't want. I don't want to visit." Yeah. But that's because the guards said to the said to the, uh, the person, uh, "You have a visitor." Yeah. So I I mentioned to the guards, "Could you go back up and say, this is this is for your child." guy was down there in a second nice right. nice so praise god for that and yeah. and so for those who might be listening who kind of knew that we just got rid of uh, a number of books from our library there were a number of children's books and so we donated as a church a number of those books for the chirp program so they're, they're going to great use and and thank you and we're very uh, thankful for yeah. for doing that it's kind of yeah. nice that we were able to to work a little bit in that way mm -hmm. my question is what like you go there. What does a Sunday service look like? Is it very similar to what like a regular church service is? They come in, they hear some worship, and have a message. And yes, but it's very short. Like it's forty minutes, basically. Oh, okay. And sometimes it can be shorter. Uh, that's from first first song to last amen. That's right. So you don't have any long winded pre preachers like we have out here. Right. No. Okay. <laughs> I'm and, only kidding. And. and <laughs> So uh, what it would look like is usually um, have uh, four or five uh, praise and worship songs. Now, a lot of the praise and worship songs are uh, geared towards uh, the prisoners. Uh, so like as an example, one uh, uh, praise song might be one day at a time. Mm, okay, yeah. Um, uh, another amazing grace. Uh, however... I have three amazing graces that I can do, yeah, uh, uh, in, including a country, a country western version, oh, uh, wow, uh, like style kind of thing, or uh, yeah, uh, uh, genre kind okay. of thing. Yeah, uh, so um, we'll have that, um, and then either uh, myself, the, like the Lord's uh, given something to share, scripture to share. Uh, but I always want it open to the Holy Spirit as well. So anybody else who's there, the Holy Spirit speaking with you and you want to share, by all means, you know, let's share. Now, then there's, uh, uh, there's been times of prayer as well. 
uh, uh, you know, and it just depends on, on, on the time. Okay. And I would imagine you get a wide array of responses from each of the prisoners. There might be some prisoners that have no interest. There might be those who are in tears because God is working in their lives. How does that, how do you, how do you read mm-hmm. that? Honestly, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen anyone with any outside tears, but I'm sure there's been some inside tears. Sure. Um, and uh, so mainly, hmm, a, lot of, a lot of times the uh, uh, folks are just sitting. I'm glad to see a tapping foot here and there. Yeah. But there are uh, some some inmates who have uh, they they have a they have a uh, they're saved they have a relationship with the Lord, and uh, they will uh, you'll hear them singing louder, kind of, or you will see them singing, or uh, uh, even sometimes clap clapping a hand. Uh, another thing that uh, 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 try and do is try and get a little bit of. Uh, of involvement uh, from from inmates as well, uh, if possible. Like if uh, if somebody uh, uh, has a song on their heart that is uh, Christian oriented, by all means, uh, you know, share it. Okay. Uh, yeah. So any person can do this. It's not. Yeah. It's not like you have to have an, a special talent. And there might be someone who might be. And the reason I'm saying that is that there might be some people who just have a tug towards that ministry and have never really. They've been fearful because they don't really know what's going on. You know, and it, there is one-on-one ministry, but you don't have to participate in one-on-one ministry until you're ready to do so, right? And At, right, and 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 then clearance is given because there's you know yeah uh, different yeah. things happening in the uh, institute as such. So have you ever been fearful? Have you ever felt like yeah, you're that's going to be my next question? Yeah, uh, I have. I've thought about that, and and I haven't been fearful. Fearful. I just uh, uh, thank the Lord for uh, you know protection and uh with him uh uh giving me the you know the words uh you know to say in 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 some in you know instant uh um uh, but there, like there's no i i haven't really i i've been feel fearful fearful because there's nothing that has ever happened and that uh you're, you're pretty well them. taken care of there's always you know because they're in prison there's a there's certain protocols that need to be taken that ensure your safety. True, too. Yes, yes. and there and, and there is. And quite frankly, uh, in respect of uh, COVID going through, things have changed. Yeah. And there is actually more of a of a guard presence. Yeah. Actually, uh, which is a which is a good thing. Yeah. yeah. COVID was terrible though in in terms of prison ministry because we yep. could not have people come in and out. I know that there was a person who contacted the church who was a, a pastor from another country and had somehow gotten himself into trouble and unfortunately had to spend some time in, in Winnipeg as a result. And I did everything I could to, to visit him, and it was just mm-hmm. impossible. And it mm-hmm. was kind of a sad scenario because there's a lot of people who are in need and weren't able to, to be able to get access to it. And yeah. it certainly was one of the ministries that was hugely affected by the, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So... And um, it, it really is interesting, and I, I, I wanted to at least allow people to get a bit of a glimpse of what's happening. What What do you say is one of the biggest challenges? A person is in prison, perhaps they're there just for a few months or a few you know weeks, whatever, and and as they are in prison, what are some of the biggest needs? As you've you've been doing this for twenty three years, and so I would imagine that you've kind of seen a uh, pattern 
amongst people. And so you've had to learn to, to be able to minister effectively. And what would be some of the biggest challenges that prisoners face and how you can minister to them? Just uh, being heard. Yeah. Just being heard. Just having, having someone who will listen. Sure. Just, just being there. And, and because you're a volunteer, you are viewed in a, in a different scope. Uh, uh, you're, 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 well, what do you, you know, why come here? You know, like, what, what do you care? Yeah. Well, I'm here. Let's, what's on your mind? What's on your heart? Uh, et cetera, and let's, you know, start from there. And a lot of times, uh, you, you know, uh, unless, unless the Holy Spirit directly says, here's, you know, gives you that, that, that gift of discernment or knowledge, yeah. you have to communicate and find out what's happening. Sure. And so uh, the conversation will, will go, you know, from there. Sure. And then from there, sometimes the, the Lord will allow whatever hurts or whatever, um, whatever needs to come out. That is true. Uh, that that will usually happen uh, with more than one meeting, though, okay. because because building right trust, away, building trust. It doesn't uh, it, it it doesn't necessarily happen right away unless uh, you know they're they're aware of you and you're volunteering, you know, uh, with them, and then they they've already have have a bit of a trust uh, okay. uh, aspect. And is there any kind of thing that you do once they're out? meet with people after they're out of prison well we, we that is part of uh, uh, of an aim if it is possible it just so happens though that uh, many of the prisoners uh, here in Brandon they're from out of town okay. the majority of them so you don't ever see them uh, again um, there has been uh, over the years uh, have been able to meet uh, with a, a prisoner actually here in, in church to continue some ministry, uh, uh, which, uh, you know, glad for. Um, and uh, also been glad from time to time uh, to meet uh, somebody on the street uh, sure. that, that we met. And, and uh, for myself, because I met so many people, I don't. I don't always. I may not. You know, completely always mm -hmm. recognize you, and sure. so we have to have a conversation. And okay, gotcha. But yeah. uh, it, it uh, it's been it's happened uh, an odd time here and yeah. there. Reentry yeah. would probably be terrible or yeah. difficult thing because you know you're wanting to change yourself. Obviously, something has happened. You found yourself in prison, and and then all of a sudden you kind of as you as you're leaving say, I don't know if I ever want to come back here again. I want to change my life, and what happens so many times in Peter, you can you can kind of this because I think that you may uh, have a, a better advantage of as in speaking into this but I find that there are a lot of people that will go back and return to their own habits because there's nothing else to go to there's nothing in place mm -hmm. to make them change and then all of a sudden they go back to the same friends who've gotten them into the same trouble right yeah the same same circle yeah the same yeah. circle and they will find themselves and uh, over the years yes indeed I have uh, met some folks that uh, uh, have been in uh, one or more times uh, yes. over the years. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And uh, that's where, as an example, you, you know, the question was, you know, does God really forgive? That's where, you know, you come back to, yes, uh, you know, God will forgive you, but, you know, you got to be serious. Do you want to, you know, do you want to change? You know, and, uh, and if you really do, there is an answer for you, and his name is Jesus. Sure. 
my question that that I was really excited to ask was, I I mean I like I said I've never done prison ministry, um, but I've talked to enough. I have a lot of friends who are soldiers, and they they often talk to me and they're like Logan, I God will never forgive me. I've taken a life, or they make these like imaginary boundaries that they've crossed and that they can never be forgiven again. Mm-hmm. Now I imagine it's probably very similar to somebody who has been incarcerated, right? Like they they obviously know they've done a crime or you know, maybe they don't, but they know they they know they've done something and then they feel like they're unsavable. They're 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 unworthy of the gospel. They're unworthy of being forgiven. Mm-hmm. How do how do we change that in people? How do we break that barrier down? Cuz I have a feeling a lot of people watching and listening wonder that same question of because like we know god forgives us but how do we tell people that how do we make it real for them he loves us period yeah he loves us and he has a uh, a love that we don't have it's called agape that's the god type of love however we we are able to uh, learn how to to love as well. So the thing is, is that for you to, uh, to understand that he really does love you, he cares for you, and he wants the best for you, give him a chance. Yeah. Give him a chance. Some, sometimes this is an extension of the fact that they may have grown up in the circumstances where they don't know what the love of a father is like. True, and that, too. And yeah. that very much becomes a part yeah. of the, the issue. Like yeah. as, as you were talking about this, I find that even outside of a prison, the aspect of the realization of forgiveness is very hard. Yep. It's very hard for people, mm-hmm. and, and I would imagine in a prison it's even more so because you're in there because you've done something wrong, mm-hmm. right? You're bad. You're, you're exactly. being penalized. You're being mm-hmm. bad. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it's not extended only to, to church. There are people, I think, mm-hmm. who uh, you may be even listening, uh, and you've, you've felt, well, God will never, God will never ever accept some of the things that I have done. I was just, um, we just had someone at church on Sunday who gave their heart to Jesus, but the first thing that they said is, I don't think that God could ever forgive me for some of the things which I have done. And so I said, well, tell me more. No, I didn't say that. I'll tell you more. I basically basically said, that might be true in a natural sense, but God has worked it, so it doesn't matter. You can be a thousand miles away from God but you're only one step back to him. And that's the thing about this thing, mm-hmm. which is called grace. You will never earn it. You'll never be able to earn yourself way. In some respects, it's right. You've done so many bad things, and if you had to earn it way, earn, earn your way back, um, you're right. You probably would never be able to. But if you can understand grace, it is the fact that God died so that he could pay a price for every single thing that you have done wrong. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's a hard lesson for us to learn because we our whole system is based on you earn it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. If it's going to happen, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to make sure that I pay myself back. And that's why many times it's easier for people who have been prison to actually come to know Jesus mm-hmm. because they understand grace. And there are people who think, I'm not that bad of a guy, or I'm not that bad of a girl, I'm not bad of a, 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 a woman or a man or however that is. And so I have a justification in the fact that I'm not that bad. And so there's an, an advantage, I guess, in the fact that we have to deal. If we can understand grace, then all of a sudden it's the first step for us to be, you know, released from that. Mm-hmm. Right? God's grace, uh, you know, 
God's riches at Christ's expense. He went to that cross for us and shed his precious blood. And then there's another aspect that uh, I've found over the years is that uh, I'm having, you know, will God forgive me? Will God forgive uh, me for murdering somebody? Yes. Will God forgive me for raping somebody? Mm. These are heavy-duty crimes. Sure. Um, and yes, indeed, like it, it seems like in and out of prison, we have a we have a hierarchy. You know, if you've done this, you're you know bad, bad. You know, you've done this, you did this, eh, little white lie. Eh. Yeah. However, sin is sin yeah. in God's eyes, and this is one thing about His love is that he loves us so much that it's just the, the sin. Come to me, uh, ask for forgiveness. It doesn't matter what you've done. If you're, I praise God that he knows our hearts. Yeah, He's the one that really knows our hearts. And so for us to be able to share the good news, uh, ho- however we do that, like uh, uh, the point is, is that we need to, we need to sow those seeds of, of Bible, of truth, because then God starts working. So yeah. I praise God for anybody who comes to, to you know, any, any, any meetings. Uh, they're going to hear the word of God. Sure. It's my responsibility to share truthfully, effectively. Yeah. The rest is up to God. That's and, a good point. And one of the things that uh, you, you touched on, and it was one that is just so true, we as humans, well, the, the court of public opinion is often how it's referred to as. Mm-hmm. Somebody might be completely cleared of something in their life, mm-hmm. but everybody might still view them as bad. Or the fact that we put murder and rape, you know, way up here on a societal scale, but stealing or whatever is down here. And it's like, no, both are equally wrong mm-hmm. in God's eyes. Yeah. And the only way that I have ever been able to articulate this is is two things i think of skyscrapers okay you're walking downtown in winnipeg or new york or whatever you look up and you see these giant monstrosities you know hundreds of stories tall and then we can see oh there's a smaller one and a taller one and then we can see the difference between them yeah guess what you're ten thousand feet in an airplane they all look the same they're all on the exact same level and that's how god sees our like our sin, our things like that, is he sees it all at a bird's eye view and it's all level, it's all even because it's all been forgiven already. And the other one is, some of you might know the song, How He Loves. There's a famous sloppy wet kiss line in it and it's constantly contradicted and everything like that in scripture because people say it's gross or whatever. I don't like sloppy wet kiss. I never oh. ever liked sloppy wet okay, kiss. Well, okay. I've always liked unforeseen kiss. See, I don't like that Oh, one. come on. Okay, well, that's a discussion. Okay, topic. the fact what? that you're wrong it will go on. <laughs> you can continue to say what you're wrong. You're, you're well, but we'll, we'll continue but, to debate after. Um, the idea behind that line isn't that God's waiting at this sloppy wet romantic kiss or anything like that. It's imagery of a dog. I don't know if you guys have own animals or people listening, but we, my family, we are huge dog people. We have, I have, my parents have three dogs right now, always grew up with animals in the house. It didn't matter if I was gone for five minutes 
or I was gone for 10 weeks. I got the exact same reaction every time I entered the house when I came home. My dog would run up to me, jump up, start licking, whatever, giving me that big sloppy wet kiss because they don't care how long you were gone. They're just happy that you're back. Okay. And that's the idea behind the song of like God's waiting you like a so but I sell it to say like we as humans put so much weight on these sins and we don't need to because that's not how God sees it. And for those thinking that you're that you're unforgivable, that you're unworthy, that you're this or that, it's like no, it is not true. It doesn't matter how long you've been gone, God is waiting for yeah. you to come back. Yeah. It's almost like and I don't know whether I can articulate this. Sometimes I get articulating something when I'm, I'm halfway through and I, I don't know what I'm talking about. So hopefully that doesn't happen here. Uh, but there is a thing, I almost see it as a shame index. That there is a certain level, well if you killed somebody, well that's a 100 on the shame index. Or if you sexually assaulted someone, that's almost 110. In some respects it's almost worse. Or you, you, have, you have kidnapped someone or and all of a sudden, you hit these these upper levels on the shame index, right? And then if if you if you lie, well, everybody lies. We can justify it because we know someone else who's done the same thing, and you know ultimately you don't really know about it, so it doesn't affect anybody. And so it's maybe a little five or ten on the shame index. So, and so we go through this life, and it's funny that it seems like we all have a similar shame index. Yeah. We, we all have a similar, it might be a little bit different for people who have a, who have a different shame index, but it's kind of the same. We view certain, certain sins as, as more difficult than others, and I think that the higher the shame index, the more difficult time we have forgiving ourselves, and the more difficult time we have thinking that God forgives us. And forgiving others, too. And forgiving others, because that's the other side of the equation. Uh, Peter, as you were talking, you said, you know, I, I don't know if I can forgive myself because I've killed somebody, right? On the other side of that equation, there's a person is, is saying, I don't know if I can forgive that person who killed my brother or my sister or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're continually dealing. The problem with those on the other side feel like they have a right. Yeah. I have a right to this anger. And, and the Bible clearly says, well, you don't. Because it's, it's kind of like owing the difference between owing $10,000 and owing $10 billion. <laughs> Your debt was $10 billion, and you've got to forgive the person who has a $10,000 debt against you. Uh, is that is concerned? But and, and as we're talking about prison ministry and forgiveness and this yeah. whole aspect of things, you know, I think the biggest problem is the lies that Satan will tell you. Absolutely. That, that, mm-hmm. that there is, if, if you can get over the lie and you can be exposed to the truth, then there's hope for you. Now, the other thing is this. I have found that many people who have gone through difficult times in their life understand that shame index to the point where they become thankful when they realize that God will forgive it all. Mm-hmm. Because then you don't have to convince some people that they are bad people. You know, They realize it. They've been through hard times. They've gone through drug addiction. They've gone through crimes where they've stolen and been caught and, and, and all those things. And, and in some cases, they still feel that they're good people. That, that is the case. But... A lot of times, you have already gone to first base because you don't have to convince them that they were a sinner. They already realize it. Mm-hmm. It's from there that you say, you know what? God paid something for you. God allowed it. And no matter what you've done, 
you know, and even so, those times when we're Christians, the reoccurring things that take place in our lives that we need to continually hug um, and hold on to the grace of God. Such mm-hmm. an such mm-hmm. an important thing. Now, if you're listening and you've been fast forwarding, we're speaking with Peter Cadigan, who uh, who uh, we are we are happy to say uh, helps us as a church as a representative of our church in in prison ministry. And so, um, just as we kind of wind things up a little bit. Um, is there one instance, one kind of story that makes you go back? You know how you know how sometimes there's a, I don't know if I want to do this, and then something happens. For me, it's kind of like golf. <laughs> golf, I have a hundred bad shots, and all of a sudden I hit one that's close, and it makes me feel like I know what I'm doing. Exactly. So I come back. Uh, but in prison ministry, I imagine there are times where you're just thinking, I come week after week, and and I don't see the results, and sometimes people come and I get nowhere. But there was that one instance that God. Mm-hmm all of a sudden puts all the gas back into your tank because you've seen something. Is there, is there anything that you can think of that will... Well, there's been two, two things that uh, come right uh, to my mind. Uh, one is when I uh, first got involved with Prison Fellowship Canada, um, which actually um, is an uh, organization that uh, was started by someone who ended up in prison. Okay. And uh, uh, actually, he's a kind of a famous, well-known person uh, that uh, had dealings with Watergate. Okay. And um, uh, his, uh, I got his name down here someplace. Uh, Charles Colson? Chuck Colson? Chuck Colson, yes. Uh, he, he took the fall for Watergate, and he ended up uh, in prison. And... Uh, he accepted Jesus Christ as a savior in, in prison. Yeah. And after that, uh, we started uh, prison fellowship. And uh, so um, as a part of, uh, you know, getting to know people uh, within the, uh, the ministry, um, there was uh, one time we had a, a Zoom aspect, and this is during COVID now. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a fellow that... Uh, uh, had met in jail, he uh, now had joined Prison Fellowship. So that was a, you know, an awesome uh, hearing of, of good news that uh, he's involved in ministry too. You yeah. know, uh, praise God. So God has worked full circle. He worked individual. a full circle there. The next thing that really um, uh, impacted me was uh, with the, uh, the children's reading program. There was a, a book that uh, this prisoner had... Uh, picked uh, and basically it was uh, uh, he picked it because uh, it, it, it was a uh, it had the name of a place where he uh, had family it just happened that this book was written about a place that this guy had family so this is the book he did and his daughter once she uh, she read it uh, she was uh, she was so impacted of it she uh, she did a, a show and tell with it at her school. Wow! And uh, in that respect, there was a number of people who connected with it, and so you know, for uh, for 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 that to have uh, happened was uh, you know was an awesome uh, positive impact. You know, I, I thought you know like really neat. so. Th- th- those are two uh, things that, uh, that 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 I recall right off that. Wow! Yeah, that was. Any last, any last words, uh, Logan? My, 
I got. I guess my. I have two questions. My biggest one is, what are some misconceptions that people have, maybe listening or whatever, about prison minister or about incarceration that like you could help like debunk? Because I think a lot of people hold a really negative view to like rehabilitation or to these things, and I want to try to try to you know debunk that a little. Because it's like they're humans too, right? Mm. So it's like anything like that. I think we uh, already went over it. Uh, what do you or have you feared anything? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, and 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 definitely things you know could happen. However, uh, you know, I want to believe that um, as a uh, as a as a, as a, uh, a volunteer as a messenger uh, of the gospel, I want to believe that. Uh, that he's 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 with me. He's he's protecting, even though even though I'm sure that uh, we are aware that there are some things in our world that have happened to believers that have not been uh, that have not been good uh, that 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 have been uh, very threatening, uh, etc. Uh, however, he uh, he he says uh, you know uh, he, he he has angels uh, that are there to help protecting angels. Um, the blood of Jesus, we believe by faith, uh, will will be a protection, um, and uh, so uh, I just we go by faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So by faith, I believe that uh, all will be well, and and literally, I don't know what I would I would do completely. If uh, if uh, something did happen, you know, uh, would I even have the time to say Jesus? I don't know. You know, some things happen pretty darn fast. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So it's uh, you know it's uh, uh, it, it's another part of uh, you know of ministry uh, you know of the church. Just like there's uh, you know children's ministries, there's seniors ministries. There's there's jail ministry as well, and so uh, the thing is, uh, I, I I would just encourage anyone if they if you have a uh, if you have a just a pinpoint of an interest, uh, just don't be afraid to start getting involved, and it's a learning process, yeah. and there and there's people there to to help you you know along yes. the way as well. So, uh, so welcome anybody out there. Excellent. So that was that was going to be my final question. How can Oh, How can the listeners, the viewers, help support your ministry? Pray. Yeah. Okay. I know. I, I as I, I, I'm going through this, and you know, God's speaking to my heart as we're, we're doing this. I think that there's, there's two people I'm wondering. There's all kinds of different people from different, different ranges that listen to this podcast, and there might be those people, who have really resonated with the thought that. I've always held on to things, and I've ultimately not felt that God can forgive me. And um, if that's you, and maybe you've been to prison, I'm not too sure exactly what the whole thing is. There's a God of grace there who came and died for your sins so that you can actually have life. And, and that's such an important thing to hear. And if you need someone to talk through that, we are here for you. The other thing is um, there are also people who I believe God is knocking on their door in terms of ministry, unique ministry. Um, giving a, a glass of cold water in my name type of ministry. And it might be prison ministry, but it might be something else unique. And if that is the case, uh, we just want to do whatever we can to 
to encourage you and to help facilitate a ministry like that because we are all the hands and the feet of Jesus. And you may not get paid for it like we do. With, I guess we're considered professionals. I guess. I don't feel very professional. <laughs> no, I don't either. In any way. But um, my hope is that, that God will somehow work into your heart. And so we just kind of wanted to take this time, maybe even close in a word of prayer, if that's okay, Peter. And I'm wondering if you could honor us by, um, by closing our time together in prayer. Well, Father God, thank you for the opportunity to be able to share this day. Um, I, I thank you, Lord, for um, your word that has gone forth during this uh, podcast. And so I thank you uh, that seeds have been sown. And uh, I just thank you, uh, Lord God, that uh, you, uh, you help us uh, when, when we are willing vessels. And so uh, I thank you uh, for this. And uh, um, thank you for this time again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have any questions, we need to, you need to email us at forgiven at bethelbrandon.ca. That's it for now. we got lots of things in the future, and hopefully you can join us and continue to help us and, and share so that we can, we can get wider in our response to you know, get people closer to Jesus. That's it for now. Have a great day, everyone, and, uh, and hopefully this helps to minister to you.